Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. So our sacred cows, we have plenty of our own today. And Jesus wants to say to us, your sacred cow doesn't make you right with God. What are sacred cows? Well, let me just give you a few. Wearing pants and shirts, music, earrings, crosses, raising of hands, ties, order of service, church building, Bible versions, how often to go to church, how to practice communion. Just keep listing them. Some of those are sacred cows for you guys. And you've elevated them above the Word of God. Cut it out. Be free today. You can have your own belief, that's fine. But don't try to impose it on somebody else. Just stand by the Word of God. There's something that we'll learn in today's lesson that is so important for us to grasp. We need to know this as believers, that there's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. What we do and don't do will not make us more or less righteous than our neighbor. You can't tithe enough, go to church enough, or volunteer enough. The only way you can be saved and made righteous is through the shed blood of Jesus. Then, as recipients of His free gift of salvation, we're made into new creations. He cleanses our hearts. Now, as we're empowered by His grace, we will desire to do what's right. We'll be able to have victory over sin. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verse 11 for the conclusion of our message entitled, Clean Hands or Clean Heart. Let's say my wife and I are married, and and my father is still alive, my mother is dead. And my dad is getting older, and he needs some help with a bill or a hospital or something. And I have $500, and I want to help my dad. Now, to circumvent that, and I should help my dad. If I can, I should help my parents, because that's honoring my mom and dad. That doesn't mean I I say to my, my kids, you can't have clothes this week. I'm giving all my money. So again, you know, there's balance as we talk about this. So I should do that. Now, to circumvent that, the Jews had come up with something called Corbin. And it means this. You can take that 500 bucks and say this, I dedicate it to God's use for the temple or whatever. Corbin, gift to God. Pretty good, huh? What would you do with your money? Corbin, gave it to God. Here's the problem. The Jewish regulation says, you can say Corbin to your dad who calls and says, do you have the 500? Well, no, Corbin, I gave it to God. Oh, okay, for God's use, all right, I'll have to make out some other way. But what they allowed them to do then was to say this. It never had to be given to God, just said it was going to be given to God. So I take the 500 bucks, actually what's happening in Jesus' time, spend it in my own backyard, do whatever, went to it, Corbin, Corbin, Corbin. Never followed through with that which they said. This was approved by the Jewish leaders. And what did it do? It totally circumvented the fifth commandment of God. So God says, wait a minute. You come up with a religious loophole. Why? Because your heart's evil. You didn't want to help your mom and dad, so you don't want to say to them, I'm not helping you, dad. I'm a great son. When you're a lousy son, and you're also disobeying God. So I just do it. And then I can say to anybody that comes along, well, how's your dad? Well, he's doing okay. Were you able to help him? No, Corbin. I gave my money to the temple. 
they don't know that you never ever gave it to the temple. You just said it in your heart. So Jesus says, outwardly you look good, but inwardly you're filled with selfishness and sins. Now, number four, traditions are hard to break, aren't they? You say, well, they're not really hard to break. Well, yes, they are. Traditions are hard to break, aren't they? Try to get the temperature right near is impossible, isn't it? Jesus is not teaching that all traditions are bad. He's just saying there's some things you have to watch out for. We have lots of good traditions. And I was thinking this weekend when we used to live in Michigan, then we'd go back home. We moved to Florida, then we'd go back home to Michigan. There were some things I liked to do when we went back. You know what I mean. is when you go to your place. And one of the places we like with this great Hungarian restaurant. And they serve chicken papikash. Oh, great. Those the chicken and the sauce and those homemade noodles and and then they had this great cabbage rolls and apple strudel to die for I mean just great it was really interesting I was sharing that last night and there was a couple over here they're visiting from somewhere they said we're visiting from Michigan you're talking about the Hungarian kitchen on Fort Street and down river aren't you yeah the same restaurant I'm talking about I couldn't believe it how in the world that worked and it was so that was one another place is called Pepina's Pizza Oh. Oh, you can tell I'm on a kind of restricted diet, can't you? And, and then there's, there's this place you get frozen yogurt, not in a box. But I mean, it comes out oozing with all the egg yolks just coming right out, and it, it's delicious. And I used to go to like the Tiger baseball game, and I personally like strawberries that come with dirt on them, not sand. Because they taste like something. Do you know what I mean? They taste like something. All of us have all kinds of traditions, don't we? Families get together at Christmas time and holidays and great memories and Fourth of July and whatever. Now, traditions are important. We have traditions here in our church, as all churches do. You need traditions for form. 1 Corinthians 14 says, Do all things decently and in order. So one of our traditions is, when I speak, you listen. How many raised in church where that didn't happen a lot? Because everybody talked. Or the kids were having a ball in church and you couldn't hear. So what do we do? We say to our children, you're going to be in your own area where you can have fun and listen to the word of God while parents are here. We say to folks, you can't get up in the aisle and go to the back and come back up again. Why? Because it distracts. So we have traditions. They're good. They're man-made. They're not here. You can't turn to here. And all we're talking about is they're hard to break, aren't they? Because they become part of us. Really, there's... Those traditions are very, very difficult. In the church, there are important traditions. And one commentator said this, and I love it. He said this, Jesus recognized that we needed wineskins or traditions to hold the wine, the organization and service. Otherwise, we'd be all standing in a puddle of juice. So we don't want a bunch of juice around here. We want a good wineskin. There is some things that are good. Now, when can traditions in churches be bad? Traditions become evil when they replace the Word of God. Number two, traditions become evil or dangerous when people obey them rather than the Word of God. And number three this morning, traditions become harmful when people focus on them instead of the Word of God. You see, God's Word teaches us when we come together to focus on three things, really. Number one, worship. Number two, the Word of God. Number three, loving each other. Now, when those three aren't part of a service, we've missed, and we've gone to tradition, and we focus on that which isn't godly. Now, I'll talk about our traditions later ourselves, and how often we 
have our own traditions that we need to look at very carefully. But let me just say something seriously to you. I'm not going to talk about specific churches or religions or whatever. That's not my purpose. My purpose is to turn on the light. You'll see what isn't right. That's what God's word is. But many of you came from places where tradition overruled the word of God. The whole service, the whole structure of the church or the organization or the religion had to do with man's ideas, rules and regulations, and very little of the word of God. And if you question those, whoa, you're in big trouble. But see, they meant to be good centuries ago, but they just began to add and add and add. And pretty soon now, you ask them, well, why do we do... For instance, there is one this morning, and I'll just talk about it. Why do people baptize children? They can't find that. It's totally man-made. Why? Because it's the right thing to do for the parents. You want to make them feel good. I don't need to make them feel good. God loves those children until they come to the age of accountability. They're going to heaven. Their sin's already covered. It's wonderful. So why do I need to do something that doesn't mean anything and actually hurts the child, I believe, because if you'll talk to some people, they say, well, are you a Christian? Yes, I was baptized when I was two. Now, that's the great intention, but they never made the decision themselves. Somebody else, and you can't make that decision for somebody else, only from God. So that's the only one I'm going to step a toe on. We, we have to be careful ourselves because we have our own. I'll get to our own here in a moment. But be careful that the word of God isn't supplanted by some traditions that man had because it ends up in bondage. And you become without joy. Look what Jesus does next in verse 14. And again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Now, what was Jesus trying to do? Here's what he was doing. For a few moments, watch this. He'd been talking to the religious leaders. The common people are out there listening. Ooh, this is interesting. Somebody's going after these guys. So he says, I'm done talking to you. Then he says to all of you, Hey! Listen up! Why? Because religion to the common person meant no joy, no love, where's God, far and aloof, nothing practical in my life. And what you're going to hear in the next few verses may be the most freeing thing you'll ever hear in all your life. Jesus is going to say this, listen up. What I'm going to tell you, which is God's heart, will show you that religion should be filled with feeling and love and joy. And it should be a great pleasure to serve God. So, listen up. By the way, you think that's a message that the people driving by in their cars should hear today? Do you believe it's a message we should hear? Outward rituals versus inward attitudes. Verse 15. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. Now, this is totally radical to the Jews. It isn't so radical to us, but it's totally radical to the Jews. Because they had in the Old Testament uh, food guidelines that were given, number one, to separate them from the world and people, they'd be different. Number two, they were done in those days for health reasons. They didn't know how to take care of the pork and all those kind of things. And, and Jesus is going to say to them, all these things I'm freeing you from. I'm giving you a new guideline. We're not under the old covenant. We're getting ready to be under the new covenant. And there's a freeing and a joy that's going to come in your Christianity. And he's going to say this. Eating with defiled hands, dirty hands, has nothing to do with making the real you unclean. Jesus is saying this. 
The problem with man not being able to be right with God has nothing to do with your hands or what you eat. It has nothing to do with outward acts. It comes from an inward attitude. We'll see that in a moment. Now, this one principle alone can free you and free me from a life of bondage. What are dangerous tradition for those Jews really aren't dangerous traditions for us. In those days, as Jesus was going to say, forget washing your utensils like that. Don't worry about your hands. Don't offer sacrifices all the time. I'm going to offer once for all. You see, they were always trying to do these things. What do we do as Christians today? What does the world try to do today to be right with God? Well, we have our own traditions. So we have things like this. Some of you remember these. How many remember that you were told when you were raised, if you didn't get to church either Saturday or Sunday, problem. You had to be there. Now, how did that make you feel? See, it isn't the Sabbath. You didn't have to be here. Do I expect you to be here? Would I like you here? Yes, I'd like you here. Because I think as maturity, and I'll give this to you again, and I've been doing this a long time. I'm old. If you really want to see a good balance, it's a Sunday morning attendance, a Sunday night attendance, and a small group attendance. See, that gets you in all the areas, and it teaches your kids, and you'll grow, and you'll grow, and you'll grow. But do we say to you, where were you Sunday night? Where were you last week? How come you weren't here? Check off on the list. No, because that's bondage. You were raised with that. We're not trying to say that to you all. We try to encourage you. We try to show you. We try to make church enjoyable through the Word of God. So when you come, you go, wow, what else do we do to try to be right with God outwardly? Well, we try to become a church member. And that's really why we don't have church membership. I'm not against it. A lot of churches have it. I don't have a problem with it at all. Merritt Island has it. We had it when I was up there, and I put it in when I was up there. But here's what happens sometimes. Sign on the dotted line. I'm now going to heaven. Hello? Tradition. No. Are you a member of the church we used to have? You know, Jesus isn't going to say, are you a member of the church? He's going to say, do you know me? Now, sometimes we try to live a good moral life. Communion. Some of you were taught, the more you take communion, the right or closer you are to God. No. Here's a big one. In our church, we have people accept the Lord by raising their hand and normally coming down here. Go to the back, have a counselor talk with them, they pray, they sign a card, or they, they give us their address so we can send them some literature, and we give them a Bible, and they leave. Now, if that was a form, and it was done all outwardly, and they leave, and they leave these doors and never serve God and never come back to God again, are they going to heaven? No. You see, we can fool people in by outward things exactly the same way. And some of you may have done that. See, and what I try to say to them when they come, it's, wait a minute, this is just the start. This is the first step in a lifestyle of following Jesus Christ. It's something from where? The inside. It isn't some steps you take here. And you'll hear Billy Graham say it often, that probably up to 80% of the people that come in his meetings and come down front never get saved. But they're going to live their whole life saying what? Man's tradition. I walked the aisle. I did it. But the book of Matthew chapter 7 says when they stand before God and they say, I did all these things, God's going to say to them, I never knew you. Who, who are you? Now, is that sad or is that sad? That's sad. So we have to say to people, hey, wake up. You're not right with God because of what you've done. Let me say it to you like this. Man wants to be right with God by doing something. That's what our natural nature is. By the way, all man's works are dung. We can't be right with God. But God, 
through Jesus Christ and the cross, what? He's done it all. It's finished. There's nothing more that needs to be done except accept Him in your life. Verse 17, And after He left the crowd and entered the house, His disciples asked Him about this parable. I like it. Here's the disciples. He's just told this new principle. And the disciples get Him inside and probably go, Come over here. What in the world are you talking about? <laughs> Why? Because traditions are hard to break. They're very difficult to break. God knew that. So these disciples get over there and they're a little dull. In fact, as Jesus goes through this, we'll see that years later, Peter, years later, he's on a roof. And all of a sudden, this vision comes from God and this, it's a, this blanket comes down with all these unclean animals that he couldn't have touched, couldn't have eaten in the Old Testament. And God says to him, Hey, put your knife in, baby. Eat up. Peter went, Oh, I can't eat those. And I believe... God said to him, do you remember back when Jesus taught that all things are clean, all foods are okay? You didn't get it a few years ago. We're giving you another shot at it. Now, why was it difficult? Because traditions are hard to break. And later on, we find a great fight in the church in Jerusalem over one thing, circumcision. See, the Jews say, you Gentiles, by the way, that was the purpose for that vision was for the Gentiles who were unclean, what God was saying is, go to the Gentiles now, they're not unclean. They can accept me just like you guys. But later on, the Jews would say, if you as a Gentile want to come in, stand in line, guys. We got a little knife here for you. Come on in. Now that'd make you think about conversion, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. You ladies that have it off, you talk about your child care, whatever, we'll take, man, that'd be tough. So what happened? There's a big fight. And finally the church had to say this, no, 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 no. We're not going to do any more of that circumcision like that. It's not needed. If you want to, that's fine. But it's not needed because the work has already been done. So we're no different. We want to appear right with God by what we do. How many times we come to church and how many times people see us and how much money we give. And it has nothing to do with any of that. Jesus responds, are you so dull? Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside makes him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart but into his stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus was declaring all foods clean. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, Hey, it doesn't matter if you've ate with hands that were unceremonially washed. Now, if you don't wash your hands and they're all dirty, you might get dysentery, but it doesn't ever reach the real you, the heart. It's not talking about health food here, so don't... Go off the whatever. Whatever you want to do in that way is fine. But what he's talking about here is whatever you put in your mouth is really has nothing to do with your spiritual person. The true spirituality doesn't have anything to do with food. Jesus is saying you're not made with, right with God by refusing to eat X or Y or Z. You're not defiled by what you put in your mouth. You're defiled by what comes out of your heart. Out of my heart? Yes, remember, that's the real you. So our sacred cows, we have plenty of our own today. And Jesus wants to say to us, your sacred cow doesn't make you right with God. What are sacred cows? Well, let me just give you a few. Wearing pants in church, music, earrings, crosses, raising of hands, ties, order of service, church building, Bible versions, how often to go to church, how to practice communion. Just keep listing them. Some of those are sacred cows for you guys. And you've elevated them above the word of God. Cut it out. Be free today. 
You can have your own belief, that's fine. But don't try to impose it on somebody else. Just stand by the Word of God. See, that's what brings joy. So what are we talking about here? Keep your finger there and quickly turn back to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is what? Not a matter of eating and drinking. But what is it? But of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this morning. Do you feel accepted by God? Are you righteous? Which means right with God. Why? Is it because of something you've done or something he's already done, done, done? If it's something you've done, you'll never feel good enough. And you'll always strive. Do you have peace in your life this morning? And here's the big one. Is your life filled with joy? You see, I believe we've put so many little teeny fences sometimes around our lives that we've lost the simple joy of serving Jesus Christ. You see, where the Spirit of the Lord is, it's designed to bring liberty. Verse 20, Jesus said, I know it's hard for you to get it, but here's the disease you have. He went on, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, the real you, the real me, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft and murder and adultery and greed and malice and deceit and lewdness and envy and slander and arrogance and folly. And all these evils come from where? Not from not washing your hands, not from taking communion, but they come from inside and they make a man unclean. Now, if you don't believe that, read your newspaper when you go home today. See what the headlines are. All that stuff's in there. See, humanism says to us this morning, no, man is basically good. God says that's not true. Jeremiah says, 17.9, that man is not good, that the heart is deceitfully wicked. And who can know it? Real defilement doesn't begin by what comes in my mouth. It's what comes out of me, and not from what I ate, but what is in my heart. How did my heart get filled with sin? started a long time ago before you and I were here with Adam and Eve. God put them in the garden. By the way, gave them one rule. Don't touch the tree. Only one. Eve said, where's the tree? Off she went. From that moment, sin entered their heart, the real them. And from that day on, every single one of us have inherited heart disease. And it's deadly because our heart is deceitfully wicked. Romans says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, I have the disease. I can't ever be right with God by doing outwardly things. I have this heart that's filled with sin. Where's the cure? That's why Jesus came. We spend all our life shining up our outside when the trouble is in the heart. And that's why Jesus said, you must be born again. Ezekiel says, I'll come and take this stony heart and put within you a brand new heart that searches after God. Now Romans says, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, I get a heart transplant. You can't do it. God does it. We learned today that there are a lot of things we do in the Christian church that aren't necessarily bad, but they aren't commanded in the Bible. They're not a part of God's righteous standard. 
Sadly, there are many people who hold these things in a high regard, right up next to the commands of God. But we have to be careful doing that. We have to remember that God's Word is the ultimate source of truth. It is the only standard. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB3131. The title of today's message is Clean Hands or Clean Heart. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is MB3131. The title of this message is Clean Hands or Clean Heart. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark will remind us that God is our great physician. He's a healer to all who will come to him with a humble heart. It doesn't matter what nationality you are or the color of your skin. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done. God wants to heal you. He wants to heal you from the inside out. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 